We don't need to know machines can print 1,200 pieces an hour, 2,500 <laughs> pieces an hour, because it's not about, yes, it's about speed, but it's also like, who's going to run their, their shop like that? I don't know. Squeegeening Podcast Season 2. This podcast is sponsored by Blind Maggot, Magna Colors, M&R, Target Transfers, and Adobe Creative Suite. Hey, my name is Jason Hatfield, and I'm the owner at Artscape Creative, and we are uh, located in Dallas, Texas, and uh, we specialize in kind of having a boutique-type approach to our shop, and um, we do screen printing, embroidery, we do um, custom dyeing to some fabrics and Mm. stuff like that, Um, we do laser engraving, we do leather patches, and we do all kinds of stuff, but I think one of our Uniqueness is that we do, you know, unique pieces that are not just, you know, shirts. It gives opportunity for the client to kind of venture out and do different things. So, yeah. So, what kind of like customers are attracted to that kind of product offering? Because they're not going to be the same ones who want, you know, thousands of shirts like budget on Gildens and stuff. Like, who, right. who are the customers that you're attracting the most, do you reckon? I mean, I don't even know the exact word, but it's more of like a higher-end client, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. Like, we do bandanas. We custom dye them to whatever color they're wanting, and then we'll imprint them, and then they have the option to do a um, matching overlock stitch that goes around the whole bandana if they want. With That'll match part of that imprint. But, um, yeah, I mean... So you haven't found anyone that else that really competes with stuff like that because that's so specialist. No, it? I mean it's majority. I mean they're getting you know bandanas from they're hundred percent cotton, U.S. made, but a lot of these the ones we're getting are I mean they're super soft. You can you can wrap your baby in them and be comfortable. <laughs> with um, what do you feel has like? helped you from your background in like graphic design and you've you've kind of come into the industry from that end haven't you can you like describe the benefits of of being a graphic designer before doing this um i think it just gives me a little for me personally gives me a little more insight of kind of what the client is wanting and like approaching them in a way that and kind of guide them to what I feel as if they need, you know, because I'm used to doing brand packages and brand identity. So there's a lot of intricacies in that. So I feel like that helps us steer clients and make sure they're happy with the end result, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Do you you think that's why you offer so, like, quite a few other things? Because you can't. If you do their brand identity, then you don't want to see their T-shirt come out well, but then all their other stuff like be passed on to someone else, and you're like, oh, yeah. they ruined all the colors there. Yeah, exactly. It's like I want to control that whole package so it's seamless and it's not, oh, that was done somewhere else. Or, you know, I just, it probably would be great too, but I feel as if it'd be in their best interest to keep it under me because I can control all aspects of it. But, yeah. yeah. That's really important, though, isn't it? It's because like, if something gets embroidered and printed, then you can't really match the thread color as easily yep. to Pantone systems and stuff. Um, I know yeah. you've told me about Pantone before. You said that you can like sign up to their account and then they give you like a profile. Can you tell people about that? Because loads of people miss that. Um, 
I, I can't stand it. Because <laughs> you, it used to be, you know, or you still can. You can some way get around of getting those Pantone swatches in Illustrator, but now it's a paid service. It's a plug-in into Illustrator, and then it allows you to access their swatches. But um, it's by no means an easy system. Yeah. It's kind of frustrating. It's like they feel as if they went backwards just so they can make it a buck. But that's my opinion, you know. Yeah. So like how how have you worked through that? Have you just used the plugin, just suck it up and go with the system? Or I was. You... Mm. My laptop has it on there and I kinda wish I never upgraded my Illustrator because it wiped it out. But my work computer in my office, I haven't updated my Illustrators to the fact that I can still use those swatches. You know. But there is a you can download a library. I can't remember where it's at, but to get those swatches back into your um to your Illustrator to use yeah. them so yeah. um can i ask about so i know you've got like a rock and stuff like that is, is yep. there any equipment or kind of business avenues that you've gone down and you wish you'd just like left them alone so for example a popular one is like sublimation lots of people feel like sublimation would complement screen print and then they find like the margins mm. are too thin and that type of thing have you ever found anything like that yeah, I've dabbled in sublimation, and it's, it's like your it's its own specialty. I mean, you really have to get that dialed down. At least in my experience, you know, you just can't watch a YouTube video and go, "Okay, I'm going to do this much pressure and this much heat. I'm good to go." No, there's ghosting, and but sublimation's a a, a thing. So, but equipment-wise, I mean, maybe some sewing machines. I wish I never bought because it's trying to be budget conscious instead of just buying the right machines which mm -hmm. I have bought now and I have the other ones sitting there I need to sell but yeah I mean that's pretty much the only thing that I've regretted that's quite so, a minor what's I, that? I have thrown a, that's minor though isn't it but I have thrown a sublimation machine in a skit before and I was happy doing it because <laughs> yeah. yeah. some of these machines they get to the point where they're so clogged up you can't even resell yeah. them so um, yeah. yeah I mean Maybe the other thing is I got a, a screen print, an automatic, my first one, and it was fully pneumatic. It fit in my space. It got me what I needed, but it's one of those things, if you had it to do it again, you're like, oh, I only can afford this much money a month. Well, you really should push yourself to go a little further and get the press you really need or want because I had to start over on finance, you know, because I finance my press. So I had to pretty much start from ground zero to get rid of that press and get the get the rock, you know, one of the rocks I've got. So did, did you just not get enough heads before or what was the issue, do you reckon? Um, it's because the, the my shop was only 1,200 square feet, my first one. So it fit in that's my back warehouse because it's only 10 feet diameter. I mean, it was a sardine, but it still fit in there but it's pneumatic so when you're doing flooding and at the flooding but when the, the print stroke happens those pneumatic arms or whatever you're going to call them aren't strong enough to give you a nice clean print stroke they kind of mm -hmm. chop through things if you don't get the pressure right so it was just a lot of headaches with that but again it got me where I needed to be but I I wouldn't do that again yeah. I would just spend, find another 500 bucks somewhere to get the press, I, you know? 
yeah. what I want. So, yeah, double down and get it right the first time, hopefully. Um, yeah. So I, I get the impression that you're quite techy and organized. Are those like skills that you pride yourself on? Are those the ones that you're given, or like you like yeah. to? You seem to like to automate and have templates. Um, is that is that true, or is that just coming across in our uh, messages? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it is because I think from my background, the agency side, I mean, we had to set up servers to have file systems, and it's just, it had to be super organized for anybody that walked in that agency to know exactly, you know, just where, go to that client file, and this is the structure, live and die by it. So, and those business practices that I had there, I feel as if got me ahead here because I didn't have to like figure out things on that end. I mean, but they're still on templates and, you know, tech packs and stuff like that for mock-ups that, you know, we had to re-redo. Re but I mean, yeah, and I am techie. I'm super techie. I mean, I research stuff a little too much, but yeah. Do you do research in forums or is it always looking up stuff? Are you trying to get other people's experiences with the software that you're um, investing in? I usually just, I try to do the research myself. I don't, some people it can be good for, but I don't like going into any groups and be like, hey, give me the answer for this. Like, I want to find out that answer and then make mistakes by trying to figure that out versus just trying to get the one answer do you want to tell people about, so as a more premium kind of offering, do you start that journey with the customer with like the blanks? Are you pushing certain premium blanks on them or suggesting heavily that they lean a certain way? Or are you waiting to hear what they, what they already have experience with? Yeah, I mean, I really try to get them into a more premium band for sure because, you know, you try to tell them that, yes, you can go get this cheap shirt, but are they going to wear it again? Are you going to wear it again? So I, I really definitely try to push more premium. I mean, I know Next Level's more of our wheelhouse, but then AS Color, color however you want to say it, um, that's who we're really pushing more towards because it's just, it is such a nice offering they have, yeah. even with the unique items they have through their catalog. Um, not just T-shirts, you know, long sleeve and striped and button up. They're just a it's a cool sele selection. So, yeah, isn't it a bit dangerous but, though? Because that website, you can just like add one on oh. for yourself, and you're like, oh, I probably Guilty. shouldn't do. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. Definitely from that. But with all your rebranding and stuff, the one of the issues I had with AS Color is like they sew in the neck labels because they also do the retail. So, are you finding that you're having to spend? extra time detagging or are you well, leaving them in? For, yeah, for them, we don't really mess with that. Our client hasn't wanted to go down that path. Um, so with that, with that brand, but I know with comfort colors, we've done like 5,000 sweatshirts and we had to hand take out all the tags. We figured out how to do it just right where then you can just slide it sideways and the whole thing comes out. But yeah, that was... Three days of three days. Yeah. I mean <laughs> oh I had I didn't do it. Of course I had staff that got really good at it, but yeah, that was that was fun. Yeah. But yeah, I don't really mess with tags with Escore. 
Is it yeah. AS Color or AS Color? I say color because it looks like I, I've never heard anyone say color. But so, <laughs> I, I, yeah, maybe it's my wife's French background. It makes me want to say color. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd, be, you'd listen to her too much. She probably makes you watch all the French films and then oh, that no, rubs she's off not, on you as well. She's not that deep in French, but yeah. She understands it. I don't. So, um, you mentioned some teams. So, like, how big is your team, and um, how have you structured them? Because I've been talking to some big studios, and they've given me different ideas about cross training or just putting mm-hmm. someone in a position and leaving them there. Like, what is your what's yeah. your kind of structure look like? I mean, at the moment, I have a press operator, and then I have a production assistant. Production assistant does quite a few things. Um, it's just at the, and then I have an embroiderer, full-time embroiderer, and she's got like 20 years experience. So I got oh. extremely lucky with that. But I mean, they're all super efficient in what they're doing. You know, if, if it feels as if they're falling behind or they're getting, they're just too overwhelmed, I'm stepping in to do things because I can do everything back there. doesn't mean it's going to be a hundred percent as efficient as they do it. But I, I, you know, I can, if no one shows up, I'm still going to, I can still print back there. Mm. But, um, yeah, so we just have um, probably bored people at the most working. But it works for us. I mean, we're not, we're at that plateau of teetering, like, okay, we're probably going to have to get another person, but I'm just waiting for that push to where I need to, you know, dive into that, so. And that that's a really big point as well. Like, how do you gauge when is a good time to expand? Are you doing it? Like, what is the the push point at the moment? Is it the size of your premises? Is it how many team members you got? Or are you already comfortably processing the order so you don't need to expand? Like what kind of things are you? Yeah, I mean that's a saying, and it's it's definitely there. But it's like a gut feeling for me if I see like if I'm constantly back there or I'm falling behind on quotes, then yeah, I, I definitely need to get somebody. But I'm on a razor wire right now, so it it's getting there, you know, which is good. I just have to uh, look at my numbers some more and see if it's feasible, you know. But you know. But do you have anyone to like talk to that, talk about that too, or is it just down to you? Are you like, do you have a business partner who you can talk to, or even a? Um, no, yeah. but my my wife's a CFO, so she handles my books. Okay. So she slaps my hand and praises me but she uh she kind of kind of help with that part of it you know if she's like yeah you're, you'll be fine get someone in there quit thinking about it but <laughs> and she kind of pushed me that with the embroider machine too because we got a six head tajima and i had some melcos and she's like you can't you can't keep going like this you need to get that six head so have you seen a big tangible jump up in quality from melco to tajima um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really? want to make everybody mad. So yes. No, no, no. Don't, don't worry. Because I mean, it's that's the thing. I guess there, no one's ever done like at least I've seen. Here's a Melco so out. Here's a Tajima so out. Here's a Baradin. ZKS whatever. And I literally took the same file from my Melco, and to put on the Tajima, and it was, I couldn't believe the difference. Mm. It just was mm. more dense, less needle punctures you could see in the fill. I mean, it was, it was eye-opening. So, no, it's really good to hear. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's some people could say it's the file, but you know, if it's digitized, it's digitized. There was no difference in the densities or nothing. So it was it was very interesting to see that. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, the issue I've got with embroidery is I'm self-taught, but I've never Same. had to troubleshoot like screen print. So I'm actually putting myself on a course <laughs> to do an embroidery like proper lesson. And it's like a relatively advanced mid, it's like a mid advanced one. Right. And I'm just going to go in there and just try and ask as many questions as physically possible. Because you don't know whether it's you, the file, the machine, you can't tell which variable is wrong with that type of thing. Yeah, I mean, that's... I don't want to be... Yeah, I I could tell you that I've had so many problems with the past machine that I was like, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Is like exactly what you said. Is it me? Is the file setup too dense? The density is too high? But it doesn't look like it is. And as soon as I got on those machines, it, all those problems went away. Mm. So I don't want you to beat yourself up too much about it because you're probably fine. But I don't know. There's a variable there. Yeah. The, the variable that I've changed recently is I accidentally got sucked into that like free digitizer guy. And then I stuck with the same digitizer for years. And then I had no comparison. But now I'm paying like three times as much my dip my files yeah because they're technically coming from an english company i don't know whether he does them in the uk or not but right now they're running through a lot smoother yeah so, i mean yeah yeah i mean that's let me get with your pay for but i don't know <laughs> run it on a tajima and it might go even better that's uh, yeah. kind of what you're saying <laughs> i'm not a tajima snob but i've definitely seen it so um, yeah. But there's some stuff that that's very comparable. That was just that one I did was a very distinctive difference. So, yeah, yeah. Um, this is something I ask everyone. But what is your unpopular opinion in the screen print industry that you're just sick of hearing and you just blatantly disagree with? Does everyone get stumped on this one or what? Yes, but I <laughs> I do tend to get an answer eventually. So well, I I don't know if it's unpop. Yeah, maybe I don't know if it's unpopular, but it's just I don't. We don't need to know machines can print twelve hundred pieces an hour, twenty five hundred <laughs> pieces an hour, because it's not about. Yes, it's about speed, but it's also like who's going to run their their shop like that? I don't know, mm. but it's also you got to have some quality injected into that to slow that whole process down yeah so i don't know stop selling us on piece counts <laughs> power and how fast it can go but you know again i could be proved wrong like yeah it does do that and look how good it is but that's not why i bought the rocks is because how fast they are you know yeah but, what would you reckon sold you on the rocks um i think just the cleanliness of it too uh, i mean that one press i was trying to get never really contacted me back and then once they did it was like I'm sorry I've already moved forward um, but it's just for me the whole chopping system it's all dialed in with two little knobs you know I don't know the it's chopping just, system well I mean the registration well the flood the flood bar and the um, and the uh, squeegee I don't mm-hmm. call it chopping okay so um yeah, you just adjust it with the front dial and a back dial. 
and then with pressure and that's it. Nice. So, but I don't know. There's just a bunch of features on there that it just spoke to me. You kind of wish it wasn't bright green, like if it was um, any <laughs> yeah. any color you could pick, because those know, kind like, of do stand up. <laughs> so there's like a, isn't there like a color theory on like what color makes you feel like? Yeah. I don't know. I wonder what that is. I haven't looked into it now that you say if that. If you feel pumped when you're printing, that's that's probably fine yeah. then. <laughs> Melancholy when I print. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so what what would you push people towards? Are you printing? What kind of inks are you using? Have you changed that and adapted throughout the years or have you always stuck to one or what kind of thing are you doing there um yeah when i started i started out with water base because i thought i was like who's doing a mess with plastisol but then you know i went to plastisol and that's kind of what our main main thing is we do water base um when the client requires it but we're not putting that in our forefront to make sure that's what we're putting out um mm. it's just it's time to do some R and R or whatever to figure out what that is. Yeah. R and D. Yeah. So. Do you think it's more profitable or like what what like other things that are making making your shop run better with plus on and over water based dragon? I think it's because of lack of experience with the water base. We do it we and but it's I don't know. We've tried to figure out with our emulsion exposure, and we just can't get it dialed in to where it, you know, so we're using the right emulsions, we're exposing based on our calculator right, but it will still break down and it just becomes super frustrating. So, you know, hmm. I need to maybe get someone in here as a rep to see if, you know, what we're doing wrong or where the the um, void is, but yeah. Yeah, because... Um Magna Colors is, I don't know your access to them, but they actually have this program where they swap people over from Plastisol to water-based. Mm. So they know all the problems that you're going to have, like with, you know, I don't know, uh, misters yeah. and, yeah, the drying in and the emulsion changes. Right. And they develop their own emulsion to use with their inks. And they actually have, they, they've basically got their own little um, print studio in the ink place. Where they're actually huh. making the ink, so they've um, they test the hell out of it. They've even got a little lab where you can send things, and then they like break them down. They try and t see how that's interesting, you know, like little crock tests and stuff. Hmm. And we do have it here. Um, they're they're a rep, our distributor. So maybe I'll look into that because I would like to be doing that more. You know, because I do because I went to the water based class in Fort Worth, so hmm. it really intrigued me more to go down that route that route but it was I don't know it's tough was that, was that water based class at shirt show at, at Andy no I went to that one too the the white print or the how to print a perfect white but no it was in Fort Worth it was made lab oh yeah and they did a water base water base camp that was not the previous one but I went the one previous to that nice. so mm. and it's just right down the street from me so I had no excuse not to go god imagine <laughs> the nearest printer to me is I don't know, it must be hours, and oh, they're probably wow. not someone that would let me in the studio. So <laughs> for you to have water-based, like, the, the print studio teaching you right there, oh, my God. Well, I'd love it, that. It's only a, fly, a, a, fly, a flight away, so <laughs> they'll have another one. <laughs> yeah, all right, maybe I'll go. I've been thinking about going to one of the trade shows, and um, I... Uh, 
I think if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see why. Um, <laughs> basically, I got an award and then it got taken back because <laughs> oh, I kicked no. off about something. So um, I was going to, I was thinking right. about going to the trade show, but uh, yeah, they're not giving it to me anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like going to them to see other people that I, I've run into or know, but it's just walking around seeing a bunch of stuff I wish I could have and or I don't need. I don't know. Yeah. So. What would be the next thing to go in your shop if um, you had, I don't know, uh, 50K or something like that? Uh, I would, it'd be another Tajima because just the volume. So another Tajima. I've already got two presses, so I don't need to do that. But, I, well, probably a, um, a coder, auto coder, yeah. my screens. God, we I would, a, I would uh, get one of the... What's that? Sorry. I would get a cleaner before I got a coater, like a screen cleaner, Lotus Holland or something like that. Oh God, no! It's so I don't know. There's, it's <laughs> it, those those pieces are always the they're the most crucial. It's like, well, I have that. Well, you should have the other one too, and you need, yeah, yeah. So you don't you don't rate the screen cleaner machine yet? It's just too much. <laughs> I don't have the room. There you go. That's why I don't have the room. Yeah, in um. Do you ever look up the auctions, though, like businesses going under? Oh, all the time. Yeah, because yeah. they're one of those for like 5K at the moment in the UK. Oh. I swear, if I had that room, I would, I'd snap that up. Yeah. <laughs> I hate cleaning them now. Problem here is that you hope that no one's watching it, but they are. You yeah. Know? It's like, please don't bid on this thing. <laughs> what have you bought from auctions? That must be something that your wife tells you off about. Like, no, what have you bought I mean, this time? I, my my rotary compressor I bought from an auction, and I swapped it out with my. It was a piston. How do you call it? Compressor, the real loud ones. Mm. And I basically bought this rotary the same price I bought the piston one, and I just swapped them out, sold it, and it was a break even. But yeah, I don't know. Now she get told off for that. Huh? <laughs> you didn't get told off for that. Not, not too bad. No, not that one. No. I once did. Um, I bought an enormous dryer. And I didn't even have the electric supply for it. Oh, yeah. And I couldn't get it in, in the studio because <laughs> yeah. they didn't have any dimensions on this auction. Got it all the way back home off the truck. Oh, no. And then just had to put some tarpaulin over it. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing with this? Yeah. But I sold it at profit. I must oh. have made like a grand on it. And someone mm. just came and got it the next day. So I was like, wow, I really lucked out on my little Flipped auction. It. Um, I like it. Hmm? Yeah. That's the, that would be my next career if I wasn't a printer. Like, what, what would you be if you weren't a screen printer? Would you be a... Um, well, I mean, currently my wife has a... She started a flower farm, so I'd probably just do flower farming. Nice. It's so nice to be outside all the time. Yeah. No, no deadline stresses and just hoping the plants don't die. Yeah. So. Wow. So you just sell those to local florists and stuff, or do you drive uh, them? She and does bouquets. Mm. And then she'll, I built her a cart, it's called the STEM bar, and we'll go to events and she'll, you know, build bouquets at events. Wow. That's yeah, really cool. It's, I like it. I told her, it's like, if this takes off enough, you just tap me on the shoulder and uh, <laughs> I'll make a change. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When it presents itself. Yeah. So, um, what would be, are you thinking, in the long term, or even like five, ten years, are you thinking of this scale that you want your studio to land at? And you'll think, right, three autos or something, 
that's that's as far as I want to grow? Or do you see other studios and you're like, that guy looks like he's got it level. That's that's the kind of way I'm going. Do you ever look at anyone else like that? Oh yeah, I look at other shops all the time. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for us, we moved from 2,000 square feet to 5,000, and I feel as if we're at capacity already again. Mm. Because I I rent part of the space to a client, a contract client, and they do um, they do fulfillment and manage the websites for a bunch of bands and some bands that are on tour and stuff. Mm. So um, that space is taken up, but I get palletized orders that come in and luckily the spot next door to me, no one's in it. So I get to stage, stage all those pallets in there, but yeah, I need more space, but I mean, a little more space and I don't know. I, I, I don't want to have too many presses and too many embroidery machines because it just, you lose, I, for me, I'd lose the fun in it because I enjoy mm-hmm. doing this. I don't want it to like become, I don't know, lost in the overwhelming of too much work with too many presses and all that stuff, you know? Yeah, because the way that I keep thinking about these huge shops is they they te- they say things like they've got seasonal clientele, but you can't turn off, you can't say, oh, I'm, I'm going to stop financing these embroidery machines that aren't operating yeah. at the moment because it's slow. Yeah. So really you need to have as much equipment as can be running even in your slow periods. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that there's, there's a balance for sure. I mean, there's slow times, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's I couldn't do that on the level of just having equipment to, I don't know, just sit there. Yeah. But so, yeah, I suppose it's, it's ideal if um, you, you've got the clientele, but then no one's got it all year round. But... Something else that I've been asking people is if everything was taken away and you had to start in the print industry again, would you go in for screen print or would you go for a new technology like the 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 transfers or would you stick stick to anything else if you had a clean slate? I I'd probably still stick with what I'm doing. I mean, we everyone's going to say I'm a fool, but I do have a DTF printer coming. It'll be here in the end of the month because a lot of heat seal products that we do for some of our contract clients. Um, I mean, the volume, the amount of money we spent on their stuff, it should be in-house. But, um, um, yeah, I would, I would stay with what? I would stay with screen printing, you know? Yeah. But... So when you're saying that heat seal stuff, is it like special garments like sportswear or something that needs transfers? Well, sometimes we do stuff for Coca-Cola and or for Six Flags. I don't know if you heard of Six Flags, but it's amusement mm-hmm. park and there's like all these colors in the logo and it's just you're not going to screen print that. So that's going to be a, a transfer or you know, a DTF transfer. So it's it's a heat seal product, you know. Mm. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So... Um, Another thing is, where do you put your marketing budget? Say if, again, you had hardly any customers on your books and you're like, right, we have to do a marketing push. Are you, where are you putting that effort? But not necessarily budget, because you could be doing like email campaigns or something. Like, what was right. your strategies? I mean, 
at the moment we're not, but when we need to, I mean, I've gone through Google, um, Google Ads or AdWords Express. In the beginning, it was doing pretty well, but they constantly want you to increase your budget. And I don't know, I feel like it's a game, but I'd probably go to Google again. But a lot of the times, some months, I felt like the ad was paying for itself and that was it. I would just get a mm. flood of bargain shopping, quoting, and, you know, it became a little frustrating. But, I mean, I haven't never advertised on Instagram or anything like that. Yeah. I don't know what the return has been for screen printers with that down that avenue but it's always been Google AdWords Express for us when okay. we've done it but yeah so do you have any insight as to the people who rent that bit of your warehouse you said do they have their own brand and stuff how do they market like how does the person who owns the brand market and see success that way or like well, how are yeah. you telling your customers to do it well, that's that's kind of a unique thing with them because they're in the industry, in the music industry. I wouldn't say I don't know how do you say it. They're within that industry because so they know who they know people, mm-hmm. so they can get those types of jobs and those clientele. But I don't. They're not in a position where they can't advertise because the clients that they have don't want their images, their shirts that they've printed out on the out in the atmosphere. You know. So they have to just put their logos on the site, and that's pretty much it. They can't. It's like some of the shirts we print, I can't film them being printed or whatever, and then, like, cool, look at all this cool shit we're doing because it's just they don't allow it, which is frustrating, but it it's the rule. So I don't think they 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 can't really do any advertising on. Yeah. And they don't, so. Okay. Yeah. So they've just, like, niched down enough to be known in their very specific area. Yeah, I mean, area. yeah, it's it's so interesting. I mean, they also get clients around town by just who they know. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's just interesting. But I mean, they okay. she picked up, I don't know, three or four more clients the past couple of weeks, so whatever she's doing is working, but I know she's not advertising, so Nice. Yeah. So um in your setup, do you have it where Members of the public can just walk in and ask for quotes, or are you a bit more B two B? No, they they can. There's a quite a few people that come in and you know want to ask for quotes and um, fill the garments and see our prints and stuff. Um, but and then I've, of course I have the quoting stuff on the website, but the majority of it's people coming in. Oh right, okay. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I've I've just heard a lot of people saying like. Um, it's so time-consuming giving them your oh, time. Yeah. yeah. No? Do, do you still feel like that? No, it totally is. And I'm like, I should, every time someone comes in here, my press operator, whoever's like, you need to say appointment only. I'm like, yeah, I know, but but then it's like, geez, I don't, it becomes a time suck for sure. Yeah. So. The appointment only sign doesn't work, by the way. They still knock oh, no. and then go, oh, I just noticed like, when you're coming to the door, they're like, oh, I just noticed that you're appointment only. And you're like, yeah, well, well, you're here we're now. here now. Come on then. <laughs> yeah. No soliciting yeah. doesn't work, all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. But are those the, some of the people that you're going to offer the DTF to? Because it's really a case by case basis, really. I mean, I don't, I'm not, no way of. Look at this stuff we print on DT. I don't know. It's just it's based on that client and their needs and 
you know, if it fits. Yeah. But I'd, I would go to bat to screen print as much as I can. But, yeah. you know, who knows, I might regret getting that thing in, in here because, you know, I've heard nightmares, but I feel as if it's a good machine. So we'll see. Yeah, I think you've left it long enough for the, the crappy machines uh, yeah. to die uh, or not have come out at all. And then, um, yeah, hopefully you're learning off. You're just like sidestepping all those mistakes, hopefully. Yeah, but for sure. Ha- have you worked out the profitability on like a shirt that's printed DTF versus a screen printed shirt? I think it's, what was it? From like, let's say $2.50 shirt or this transfer that I would be charging, it depends on the size. That would actually be like a fifty cent imprint versus a two dollars and whatever fifty. Mm. So it's the margin's pretty high. So yeah. okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. not that. Are you basing it on like the amount of grief that this machine's going to give you versus? It's like, not going to give me any grief. It's going to be perfect. Come on. Okay. <laughs> you have to I name know, it on its first day, so you can like abuse. Well, <laughs> Every machine back there is giving me grief, so it's just it's got to hunker down and you know figure it out, and make it work, and not yeah. ask for someone to tell you the answer. And the quick, I've had one the of those days. Too. <laughs> What's that? I've had one of those days today where everything's gone wrong. Um, oh. I didn't get one shirt printed. I'm absolutely. We've been there. <laughs> trust me. I mean, yeah. some something in the ether retrograde I don't know I don't know why they go all that stuff is but something's going on yeah it happens I have I found the little bugger it's one bolt and I found him and then I've got to go back tonight because it's already quite late here I've got to go back tonight and finish that bloody job because um oh unfortunately it's being videoed (laughs) oh yeah I have to do it yeah Yeah. but you just kind of push through it don't stress about it you know it's easy to stress about it but as long as the client's not like over your shoulder I am the client. Huh? <laughs> I don't know if that's worse or, or what. Yeah. I am the client for this. This is our oh, own stuff. Oh, okay. But, um, well, <laughs> don't don't piss her off. <laughs> yeah, don't piss her off. At least she's not emailing me. Oh my yeah, god! Exactly. My god. So, um, is there any advice that you'd give to new business owners on hiring and stuff like? Would you ever get someone with experience? I know you have for your embroidery person, but as a print, as a printer, would you hire for experience or would you hire for like attitude in that role? Yeah, I mean, it really depends. I mean, right, the guy's back there now, he didn't have anything to do with screen printing. He never done it. So I, I taught him all my bad habits. So, <laughs> you know, so... Yeah, it's it's there's one way or the other. I mean, if I hire again, I definitely want to have someone that's experienced. Um, so there's no none of that training, you know, situation of training somebody and and the window of mistakes happening because before there was time, there's time to teach and make mistakes and but right now the volume's too high to even think about doing that. So yeah, now we definitely have to look into. We hired someone has to have experience, you know. Okay. Whether well, that's really interesting. Too. So it depends on what stage you are and how much leeway and time you you can invest in them at that point. Yeah. Um, have you ever dabbled in um, any specialist screen printing? So 
we we very slightly talked about like oh is that high build and stuff like I'm thinking about getting like some fat film for my screen so I can do like more high density stuff. Yeah. Is that anything you're interested in? It it definitely is, but um, I don't know. Just trying to find that client that wants me to do it. You yeah. know. Have you not got like streetwear people asking you for puff and high build? Oh, like, I do. We do puff all the time. Yeah, but mm. the the high density stuff. It just I'm. I guess I'm scared of it. I just, I don't know. Seems yeah. like a lot of money to put up front to figure this stuff out because of the film, capillary film and all that stuff. But I don't know. I think I've got enough n- niches, I guess to say, that I would yeah. do really well that I need to pull the brake on something. Yeah, Maybe that's enough. probably it. Yeah. But for your, for your puff printing... What is your strategy there? Do you follow the tub instructions and just put in like 20% or do you just load the hell out of it? How? And then I've seen also people do like puff and then they put the color on top. Like what is your tactic for doing that really well? Um, so pretty much we use a Matsui um, puff. It's water-based, but we always like to put an under-base to give it some structure. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we'll do two screens of, of puff, print it, flash that puff a little bit, and then hit it again with another screen of puff to mm-hmm. get it more loft. But also that stuff is, it comes down to the, your substrate too. You know, you can do it on a hoodie that's gonna really give it some nice loft because that substrate has structure, and then if you do it on a t-shirt, it's not. So, um, you know, but yeah, it's mainly Matsui stuff is that we use. We've done, we've done Will Flex, but then there's that window of opportunity when it exits that dryer for the right temperature. And Matsui mm-hmm. really hasn't given us that um, problem. Like we can, I've run it through there a couple of times and, and the loft, it stays there. So that's really interesting because I've got the Will Flex. I've got like three different puffs and mm-hmm. I feel like they're like a souffle, aren't they? Where you get it really nice and high, and you're like, "Oh my god, it's brilliant!" And then it just, it has got the capability to just deflate and just go to shit, and you're like, oh, "Yeah, it's just is. got too hot." Mm. That's why we, yeah. yeah, that's why I like the Matsui stuff because it's, it kind of can withstand that, that yeah. window of deflation. So. Yeah. Also, I swear, um, do you know Matt Additive? I swear that's just puff. Oh, I think I might know what you're talking about. Do you get what I mean? Huh? I think they just tell you to use less <laughs> so that it mats it out, so it's like foams up a little bit so it takes off any shine. It, but I swear it's just the same stuff. <laughs> it might. I mean, I haven't messed with that one to know. Yeah. So. <laughs> you haven't messed with that one. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll get... The high build dialed in with the fat film, and then you can just take all my specs and then yeah, mess around I'll, with it yourself. Hey, I'll share knowledge. I don't care. I'm not going to hide any secrets. Yeah, cool. Well, you just told us your puff technique, so that's that's one thing. <laughs> um, is there any, like, uh, how, how, do you, how are you managing your shop other than all your own templates and things? Have you ever bought into, like, shop management software or anything like that, like Printavo or any of those? Yeah, we we use Printavo. And then, um, how do you find it? Yeah, we use Printavo and then we use Trello to like give. I don't really care for Printavo's calendar system um, because it's just, I don't know, just don't really like it. So we use Trello. 
we'll, t- we'll put all the images over in Trello, and that's kind of like our, our, you know, our Bible of what's printing in what order. So, do do you feel like that's enough value from Printava if you're not using one of the main things, which I'm, I assume is the calendar? What's that again? I'm sorry. Do you feel like you're getting enough value out of paying all that money for Printavo if you can't use the calendar? Yeah, I mean, it's like one of those things of it has the features I need. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure like everyone else, I've looked into like building my own. But it, it's just, there's a lot. There's a lot of features they do provide, you know, that you know, I wouldn't even thought of. But um I don't know. It's one of those things you just have to, where we're at, we yeah. just have to pay for it, you know? Yeah. Because okay. there's no way of Fair exporting enough. that data into some other system. It, it's locked in, you know? So. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing. I'm not trying to be bad on Printaro. No, it's absolutely like all not. Shop management softwares have this tendency to lock you in. Yeah. And then it's so hard to export yourself out of them. Yeah. That, it's, that you're, you're done. That's a really long term commitment, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we've been in there for. Been with Printavo for four years, I think. So there's a lot of yeah. data there. Yeah. But I don't know. You're, you're not upset enough to move or anything. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Not yet. But no. Um, Too committed. There's this other whole like bit that I want to talk to you about is um, how are you doing all your artworking? Is that something you've always had on, on as your own responsibility? Or have you ever tried shipping that out to anyone like... Uh, graphic source or anything like that or yeah I think with my background I'm always I feel as if I can do it myself but I mean there are some stuff that's a little complicated to do steps on um, but a majority of the time it's I'm always handling all that stuff you know yeah. but there is one software we use I don't know if anybody's heard about it to do some steps they do That's a fine. decent job at it if it's not complicated. It's called Separo or Separo. Have you heard of that? Is it SEP.io? No. It's S it's S E P A R O. No, Separo. No, I haven't heard of that one. Have a look. Basically it's an online separation. They'll do all your half tones. Not your half tones, but they'll do all your SEPs for you. Hmm. Um we've had pretty good results. Some jobs just by looking at it now, that's that we can't run it through that thing. But some of the simpler stuff, it it does a pretty good job of it. Okay. You just have to bring you, it in Photoshop and what's up? Yeah. Are you getting asked to do like sim process work quite a lot, or is it mainly just like Illustrator ve- vectors and that type of thing? I mean, there is quite a bit of sim process, especially with um, my contract client that is in here with me because of all the band shirts. So. They go through that quite a bit, and it does a pretty good job. But yeah, it's it's like a sixty forty. Okay, sixty sixty percent vector, forty percent sim process. Yeah, sim process sixty forty is like well, just coverage vectors. You know, just simple stuff. Yeah, fair enough. And then just the just this is just nosiness, but do you run all your sim process work? on just like one mesh type and what mesh type is that? I mean, honestly, it just depends. I mean, so it's usually a 230, but when Mm -hmm. there's a lot of colors, we're on a 305, so we can do wet on wet. But if our, with our press, 
being tin color, we can sometimes get it with a two, 230, get away with a 230, but majority of the time it's a 305. 230 under base and then 305. Do what on yeah. where? I always thought, I genuinely always thought you had to do some process jobs with the with the wet on wet to make them like bleed into each other, so that it really gives the whole effect. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, really haven't experienced that. I guess I don't know. Okay, lucky me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so um, what have you got, what have you got on the press today? Like, what other stuff do you have to get done? Oh, we've got a. Right now, we have to do a test brand for a, a, a glitter job because they did, they wanted to do foil, and I hate messing with foil, and so trying to do that at the end of the day, so that way they can look at and approve it before we get in the morning. And but there's tour shirts going on press, I think, the following day. So a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. So you move them away from foil into glitter. That's quite pro. Uh, yeah. I mean, foil only lasts <laughs> so long. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, it's yeah, not it going to keep the sheen forever. Yeah. And plus the small details they have, it's it's kind of a weave experience. It's kind of hard to pull that foil and keep those little fine points. Mm. Sometimes what yeah. we do is we leave it sit overnight and then we pull it. And it yeah. helps it solidify or cure it even longer, I guess. And it seems to hold the foil better than just pulling it yeah. right when it comes off press oh yeah 100% I have this um, cold block of metal <laughs> mm-hmm. and I just put the put anything weird like that that needs cold peel just on my metal to force it cold <laughs> yeah. so instead of like forcing things hot I force it cold and yeah, then I can peel it off funny. Yeah. yeah thank you so much Jason really appreciate it no absolutely um, and then can yeah so just basically see you at trade shows and stuff because um you and you got your instagram account as well what's that again i was trying to say like where people can see you but you're not like crazy active on socials yeah that's it's so hard i mean i try to get someone in here to do social for me but again with my background i feel like i'm trying to make things look too good Mm. and frame them or whatever you want to call it i don't know and i just i end up not posting or Sometimes there's months that we have more contract work than not, and I can't post anything. It gets frustrating because I want to show everyone the work we're doing, and then we can't, you know. I could maybe show the yeah. corner of it, but it doesn't do any good. Yeah. So, you have to keep, like, covering it with your hand. I, and be something, like... I don't know. I just <laughs> – whereas you ever heard of Gary Ivey? He's like a motivational speaker or stuff. Probably. I've probably yeah. seen him. He just says post. Doesn't matter what it is, post it. Because people don't care about how everything. I mean, they care about it looks, but they just want to see content. So I just can't get past that hump. Oh, I know Gary V. Sorry, you said it nicely again, and I was like, <laughs> I know Gary V. Yeah, he drums it into you like post fifteen times a day. Yeah, and it's then... like, well, you don't. Lucky you. You have someone doing it for you. Yeah, and your thing, your whole thing is social media as an agency. So yeah. of course you you should be good at it. So you can you can look at your Instagram, but it might not get updated. But it's still it's still very nice and clean and a good example. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a good portfolio. It's it's frustrating because I'll look and it's like I've only I don't have a very much a very long history of it either. But we've yeah. done so much stuff. I don't know. 
Do you, do you um, hoard all the shirts that you've printed? Do you, like, keep little samples in a box? So, yeah, well, some of them we do. We have some here in the showroom that's, I don't know, the ones we're more proud of than some of that stuff that's just a solid color, you know. But, yeah, we don't really catalog all the imprints we do. Yeah. I did have a, what is it, garage sale, you'd say, this past weekend because yeah. I had so many overorders just overstock of stuff and it was I think I sold like $1,700 worth of shirts and sweatshirts <laughs> just add just say add $3 to that and that's 3 to $4 to that what I sold that's what that was sitting on my shelves it's just sickening so a new yeah. rule in the shop is do not over order do not hold on to shirts yeah or just get into the blank resale game. Just Jeez. order it all. I know you're not supposed to sell it without imprints, but just go, oh, it's an oversell. It's a carriage sale. Jeez. Make some cheap bucks without any work. Yeah. You don't even need a press. Yeah. <laughs> it was eye-opening, too, because like, just having that off the shelves now. Because, you know, I, when I went to Shirt Kong, I mean, that their shop is so clean. It's, like, completely inspired me to... I wanted to get a dumpster the next day when I got home. Just roll up a dumpster. I'm just throw everything I haven't touched in a year and get rid of it. So mm. we're kind of, I don't say doing that extreme, but we're starting that process to get things out of here that it's not needed. Yeah, you know, for sure. Not the dust collectors. So Yeah. I wouldn't be sad if my place just like burnt down or something so I could start afresh. <laughs> So that, they'll go on like an insurance policy now. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's what if you're saying, start what you just do over and uh, that would be it. It's not get all this stuff or think I need it. It's just, yeah. it's like the grandpa mentality. Just don't keep stuff. Just get rid of it. Only have what you need and need what you have, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I do. I do kind of want a big refresh. I think I'm just, uh, I'm getting into a rut now. I'm like, <laughs> why have I got all this shit that I don't yeah have any use for you just kind of hoard don't you but yeah yeah i need something drastic to happen again i need like another not not another pandemic but something oh yeah another something <laughs> don't say it stay but... home yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i want to stay home awesome thank you so much jason for your time yeah, um, yeah really appreciate it yeah for sure 